incorporating food. Experts, Experts say, say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over two thirds of the world's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over, and over half, half, half of its wheat. But when asked, when about, asked it, about it, China lies. China lies. One China expert says they, of course, will never admit to something like that. Well, what does China know that we don't? When it comes to global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. You see, China is the world's number one food importer. They rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. So they can't afford to mess up. Or there will be riots, civil panic, or even worse, when over a billion people can't eat. What does this mean for Americans like you and me? Two words, food shortages. That's why it's a smart idea to stock up on a kit of best-selling Four Patriots survival food. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food kits. Hand-packed in the USA. The kits are compact and stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and the taste. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food by typing in the code BTTGW at checkout. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use the code BTTGW to get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the code BTTGW. Hey, what's up, Trash Talkers? Listen, it's impossible to fight, okay, if you don't know what you're fighting for. Does that make sense? Like, if you're in the dumps and you're, you know, you're struggling with mental health, things of that nature, it's going to continue tearing you down, all right? Because you're consistently trying to fight something, which is that demon, which is usually something from the past, right? Maybe that why needs to be fighting for your future. Let that be your why. Get the hell up and start fighting for your future. Stop fighting things that happened in the past. Easier said than done, right? Go seek help. It's okay not to be okay. A lot of people need to hear this. You are more of a warrior and a fighter if you stand up and say, hey, this has to stop. I need to go seek help. The stigma, everything has changed. It's okay not to be okay here is a firm believer in all men are created equal, but not all men live equal. That is why there's a certain select number of people in the DOD who decided to jump out of airplanes. And yes, we are better than you, 100%. Now, don't be the first triggered pansy to say, well, airborne's not relevant. You haven't jumped since World War II. Well, that's not accurate for one. And two, it's like having a jalopy or a 68 Mustang. Well, a 68 Mustang's no longer relevant. Doesn't matter. It's still a better car than yours. So take it easy this National Airborne Day and just accept that we are better than you. So two things for today's honesty cap. First thing, how do all my boys from the 101st feel knowing that the army decided that instead of actually making you airborne, they would just create a whole new division that's airborne because you just aren't cutting it. It sucks. Thing number two, for all the folks who were like, oh, airborne is irrelevant, doesn't even matter. They're making a whole new division of just airborne people. 
because they're relevant. Think about that. How's that feel? Does it hurt a little bit? I hope it hurts a little bit. everybody i think we're live nick you got it figured out look at that we are we are no help to that freaking marine chris muffin <laughs> time, to, hire, time you to fire are. chris time to fire chris you're gone where is chris today i mean i don't know doing something like he said like doing dad duties or something like trying to be a responsible parent whatever the fuck that means so yeah <laughs> I was gonna I'm, give kudos that's, 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 that. that was a good reason you know i'm missing i'm missing my daughter's basketball game no big deal so, <laughs> I mean, are you missing it, or were you asked not to join into the basketball game after the last a, basketball game? I am allowed back in the gym. I am allowed back in the gym. So that's good. Baby steps. <laughs> well, hey everybody, welcome to episode one thirty nine of the Trash Talk Hour. Yeah, the dumpster fire has already started, man. Already like we've only been we've been live for twenty seconds. That's awesome. And we oh, got yeah. a special guest today, Josh White, an Air what Force up? guy. Woo! This hey, is fun. number one. Chair Force in the house. We about this. Yeah, we spoke about this pre-show. I think you're like the fifth or sixth Air Force guest in all. Hell yeah! 139 episodes. So should be I love I love that I'm yeah. representing the Chair Force. You know, know how you can us. tell that he's Absolutely. in the Air Force. His hair. How's that? Badoom, got it right off the bat. It's his hair. Yeah. That hard just... part and the fucking like, Dude. Like, all the army guys are just like, I just put a hat on. We just put hats on for good, except for Dave. I got I got it's some gel Dave in my hair, buddy. Any real hair. His his hair all or, it's because he's German, so his hair grows all fucking weird and like I'm not German. Know, <laughs> I'm not German. Nazi like. Yeah, he's German. And so shit. I live on Eglin Air Force Base, and all my neighbors are army guys. Uh, and yeah, they they don't really care about their hair. They're just doing deadlifts and shit. I can you just yeah. hear them dropping their weights. <laughs> That's because um, they're ranger instructors. But yeah. making but you come across an, noises. You come across an airman. We got that hard part edge. We I mean our oh, hair yeah. is top notch at all times. Yeah, not Fair not enough. a bad thing. I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it's a it's a bad thing. There are uh, there are many things that the Air Force has over the Army, um, and one of them is good hair. You guys have really good <laughs> hair. It's good, good masculine. Like it's yeah. like you guys went back. Like we went back in in uniforms to like the the pinks, and and you guys were like, you know what? Let's let's grab some of that hair, that theory hair from like the nineteen forties. We're gonna do that. Hell yeah. It's always like a Yeah, but buddy, like buddy, you came from a community that has beautiful hair too, buddy. You came from a community that has beautiful hair too. All I don't know if they have green berets, man. No, we didn't have beautiful hair. hair. It was just that it was longer and greasier and it was it was cool at the time. Fair enough. Like, That's what I was going to say. Green green, green berets are more about the well. sideburn, the sideburns and uh Yeah, that's good yeah, point. Good point, Nick. <laughs> not, yeah. not really about anything else. I, I would say that it used to be that way. I went on post today because I the, the uh, 
I, I go to the gym on post now. Yeah, right. Shut up. I did. I did. They have a 24-hour <laughs> gym on uh, Fort Campbell. <laughs> Good for you. 24 hours a day. Anyway, uh, as I was driving through the gate, there was a dude sitting at the gate with a longer beard than I've got. And I was yeah, like, I see that too. That shit blows my mind. What is going on? I I probably need to research it more, you know, considering I'm still serving it all. But um, essentially, there's just been so much debate over the beard stuff. I, I think it, it stems from the religious waiver and that atheist feel that that should, you know, be their religion and they don't want they want a beard. It's it's well, going to be a Viking now. It gets in the gray area, but there's a whole Facebook page dedicated to it. And it's all a bunch of fired up, pissed off dudes with beards. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that has been a strange, strangely enough, that has been a huge talking point in the services right now. And yeah, you go through the gate and man, they've been rocking them big ass beards. They're not even hiding it. They're not even trying to trim it. Yeah, it's not even, it's not even, it's not even like profile beard. It's right. like straight up like, like, it's like F you in your face. Yeah. Well, I got, I saw an old soldier of mine with a full beard and I'm like, what the fuck? So I called him and I was like, are you okay? Like, are you like getting chapter and you're like, just stop giving a shit? And he goes, no, no, Sarge, I'm good. He's like, uh, it's like, I, I'm, a, I'm Nordic now. I'm like, you're Nordic now. And I'm like, yeah, but who the hell is your Sergeant Major? And he says, Travis Ellis. And I was like, no shit. And I, I like a good friend of mine. So like, I call him up right away. I'm like, you literally gave this dude a beard? He's like, well, yeah, he's Nordic. I'm like, get the hell out of here. I'm telling y'all, it's wild with that stuff now. It's crazy. It's almost like they yeah. just can't say no. They're just like, no, yeah, man, whatever. Well, they don't, want, deal, they don't want to deal with it. They, don't want yeah, to deal just, with they it. just don't have time to fight it anymore. And so many people won't. And it's just like, whatever. Well, I mean, that started happening before I even like retired, but it was like it, the, uh, the, the common, like the critiquing, like it, it, just somebody making an on the spot correction had stopped. Like it was like, I don't want to, if as soon as I make an on the spot correction, I'm going to get yelled at. So I'm not going to even do it. Yeah. Yeah, well, Frankie. Yeah, on spot corrections looked a lot different back then than they do now. <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta yeah. be nicer about it. You gotta be nicer about it now. Like I, I, I took a, yeah. a, I took a tactic from that guy I just mentioned, old star major Belez. You know, he would walk up and be like, "Come here, Jimmy." He's like, "Hey, dude, I remember, I remember Rudder fucked this kid up in front of the World War II barracks, a battalion. You know, on our dens when we used to live in those barracks, fucked this guy up for an hour, hour in front of battalion. Star major came out and gave him a coin." Like good stuff, Sean. Good stuff. You know, <laughs> you you do that shit now, you lost rank. I, mean, I was late. I was I was late one time <laughs> in eighteen years. In eighteen years, I was late one time, and I was and yep. I was late. I was late to a late call, right? Yeah. Like, and it, I mean, it was bad. I was hammered, drunk that prior. You know, I had a good time you know, down there on Bragg Boulevard. At least you had a you good know, time, bro. My, my my phone my phone rings, and I'm like, I see who's calling. I'm like, hey, sorry, I call, I call him. I'm like, sorry, he's like, where the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, sorry, I'm sorry. I'll be there like in 20 minutes. They got five minutes. I'm like, I can't be there in five, but I'll be there in 20. I promise. Like, <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming. I got smoked. It was like I think it was 95 degrees outside. Uh, probably about 100 percent humidity there in North Carolina, and I was Ooh, running yeah, suicides. Real suicides on the basketball court until i passed out right because i was still drunk uh -huh. you know and they're like mm -hmm. they're like are you still a drug specialist and i was like yeah you're right <laughs> you know like <laughs> you know and so like like i I, pa I pass out and then they give me an iv give me smelling salts and then smoke me again until i pass out whoa i'm yeah. like i'm like this is awesome you know, I'm like, I'm gonna die. I mean, after two Luther used to like in the mornings on like Monday come in or Friday mornings and he'd walk through the formation, like, let me smell your breath, private. 
And, you know, we've been drinking the night before in the barracks, and the more he smelled, it wasn't like, all right, get out of here. He'd just run us, like, fucking 12 miles. <laughs> like, well, that used to be the rule back in the day. Morning, boys. As long as, as, long like, as you didn't fall go. out, you were good to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your ass was running Kula Conch twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You're going to run 12 miles, you're going to go get breathalyzed. Your choice. Dude, I had a team leader when I was Sarn in Sarn Luther. Uh, Sarn Luther. Yeah. I had a team leader when I was in Korea. I've never met anybody that could be absolutely stone cold sober at fucking 459 and mm-hmm. at 1701 legitimately blind drunk like holy shit and he would drink that dude would drink until he passed out on friday night wake up at like 3 or 4 in the morning on a saturday drink until he passed out again God. and he would do that until monday morning monday morning he would come out to formation with a fat dip of copenhagen in his mouth stinking worse than it was it was bad bad because he didn't take a shower all weekend he just drank all weekend <laughs> and then he would be like all right we're gonna go for we're gonna go do a five mile detox run and i'm like fuck the first time it happened, I was like, all right, whatever. This thing will be shit. That fucking dude did a right face and started fucking running. And I shit you not, it was at a fucking sub six minute mile for five fucking mm. miles. I did a mile and a quarter of that and was like, nah, Sarge, like we can do a seven. I can do seven for five. I'm not doing six for five. How are you even? I can't breathe because you stink. And. We're just running too fast. Like I'm not doing it, bro. The true alcoholics can can do that. I mean, that's it's the insane. scary part. <laughs> they crashed. It's, 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 it's amazing. Most fittest alcoholics in the world. <laughs> to, I, yeah. I, I, I I claim that he is the reason that I became so good at swimming because on when we didn't run, we would go to the pool right down from and we would swim laps. But I would make sure that I was on the opposite side that he was on because the top foot of the pool. Like you couldn't breathe because it was just this old alcohol, nasty, stale dips. Oh, fucking horrible. Yeah, but that dude was a beast. A fucking beast. All yeah. right. Well, hey, do you want me to Good play that fucking silly video you have? Well, let, we have? Yeah. Yeah, let me talk about it for just a second. Yeah. And then we'll play the video and then uh, we'll discuss it. So last night I went down a rabbit hole and, uh, you know, you look something up on the internet. You type in like conspiracy, and one pops up, and then you start like watching TikTok videos of it, and then nonstop TikTok videos of that. Ed- educating up yourself your on the truth, yeah. bro. Once you're in that yeah, cycle, yeah. that shit, that trend don't stop till one a.m. <laughs> and as you guys know, I like to go down that rabbit hole sometimes. And uh, I, I came across the Malaysia flight, the uh, three seventy, that disappeared back in two thousand. You found it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I might know where it's at. So. Um, I started going down this rabbit hole. Uh, obviously, you guys know what you know. It disappeared, and then they did mention later on that supposedly it washed up, or parts of it washed up on Indian Ocean somewhere. But then later on, they said that was not the flight. So there's this big conspiracy going around, and maybe the Air Force guy on here knows, or or even Buddy. This, this is why we're doing. This, why would yeah, the yeah, this, Air Force this... guy know? <laughs> Because I mean, because you don't know what I'm saying. Every Air Force guy flies. Oh my God! In the air. I'm in. A, I'm oh a medic. God. I don't. I don't think I, I could. No, you, no, 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 you fly. Where's the Air Force guy? Fly, dude. 
Where is it? Buddy. We know you know. Okay. It was in the air. All right. No, buddy. You, you didn't let me finish my sentence. It was in so, the air. There's this island. There's this island out in the Indian Ocean called Diego Garcia. It's actually a military installation. Oh, I know. I, know by... I do know about that. Oh, place. see. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I Truth do know about that out. place. Oh, but I'm just a medic. See what happens? That's what I was trying to get at. And it's owned by like the United Kingdom and the US. And I actually researched this island. And it's like a small island. I don't, there's only a couple thousand soldiers on there. And supposedly, like the CIA does a bunch of testing there. And there's like underground labs. And they take a lot of prisoners there as well. So when we think that one place, Quantico, not what's that one place called that that, that we usually take yeah, all the not, bad not guys Quantico. to? <laughs> not Quantico, the other place. Yeah, well, Guantanamo, not. yeah. This place why, 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 be like even more extreme. So the the conspiracy has it that this plane actually landed on there um because it had four dudes on there that were uh getting this patent signed. It was video. like 300 and something billion. Yeah. And long story short, the plane landed there. Just watch the video and we can discuss it afterward. But it's yeah, crazy. And, and you're first in the shoot, Josh. So take notes. Hell yeah. One of the most evil, vicious Navy bases in the history of the planet. They do stuff that would make <laughs> like Santa Claus. Diego Garcia. So. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Diego Garcia. That's where that first Malaysian plane is. That's where it landed. It had four scientists on it. Huh? 20 scientists, but four had filed for patents. It was Malaysia, but they worked out of Austin, Texas, for Texas Instrument. And the ones behind that plane was Texas Instrument, the government, and Boeing, who made the plane. And everybody is stupid enough to believe that a plane almost a block long can just disappear. With the electronics we have, all the technology we have, the next generation of cars will come out, there'll be no drive. So we got four of those top scientists mm -hmm. that had filed for patents worth $400 billion. Okay. So if one, two, three of us and your brother, four, we filed for patents, and then here's a friend of y'all's who's with us. So five of us fall for patents. If we die before the patent is granted, then your brother, who wasn't on the plane with us, he owns them all. Mm. So those four scientists and the fifth person was the Carlisle group. Mm. They own them all now. The patent was granted three days after the plane was missing. <laughs> wow. Okay. And so what I'm saying is this is this is a game and if you can't follow that thread, then you don't you don't it's crazy. What were the patents for? Huh? What were the patents for? Oh the patents was you heard people talk about they're gonna one day inject you and can control you. Well, these guys come up with something they don't have to eject you. They just put in this room and you come in and you smell it. And that's why they killed them. That's they might have not killed them. They might just let them sit there and die. Oh, we're back. Oh, so 
So we're back. So that was just a quick video. There's actually, and this lady explains it really well. There's a whole trace of these patents, and then it goes back to the Carlisle Group and the Rothschilds, and like legitimately a patent that was signed. And this one guy out of a group of five actually made the 300 million or whatever off this patent. Brilliant. And then that the other other dudes like disappeared and died. So who knows? And then it ties into that island. I'm I'm bought in on this one. I I, I would agree. I'm like I'm something that plane and just like. He's right with like all the technology that we have, like, yes, a plane can crash into the ocean, but there were, for instance, there were calls to family members. If you guys go down this rabbit hole and like a family member saying, we don't know where we're going, the plane's diverting and to a different location, like there's just, it doesn't add up. And then it just disappears. And then there is this top secret island that supposedly things happen. And then we know Carlisle, Carlisle whatever group they're called, the Rothschilds are connected. So maybe the plane went there and they fucking murdered him. And then that shit got signed and was good to go. So I am bought in 100% in this conspiracy. I'm going to watch the Netflix documentary. There's one out there as well. And uh, I'll, I'll fill you guys in after, you know, I, I watch the documentary. But I am bought in 100%. This happened. What What's your take, Air Force? What was the patent? He kind of went over that really quick. <laughs> yeah, so it was for some, sucked. like, injection. It was, it was for some in injection to, like, like control you or whatever this was back in you know this this video was pretty old too um but it was some sort of an injection that they were going to be able to give people whether it's microchips or something and these scientists it. signed that patent yeah, you're, yeah it's not your it turn to fix, like you're smelling like stuff so yeah like something be... i don't know i don't know um but you know maybe that wasn't it but something a patent was signed and there were scientists on there that died and obviously that patent then went to the fifth person. So I don't know, but it's weird, man. I don't know. So yeah, strangely enough, I do know about that Island. I'm sitting here saying, Oh, I'm not going to know about anything, but I used to be aerospace ground equipment. So I was on the flight line the first six years and I did know of friends of mine who went TDY there. Um, and they would always come back with really weird stories. Like, just off the wall stuff, like about the workers and how weird they are. Like they like live there. Like they're not from there, obviously. Yes. No one is. It's just this remote island. But like the people that work there are like stuck there essentially. So they're all kind of like Correct. weird. And a lot of people, I guess there's a lot of lobsters out there, and it all goes to the Queen of England. I, that's what I swear to God, that's yeah, what they told the British, me. Like colonized that island like in the 60s, 70s. I don't know. Like there's there's a history on it. You can Google it. And they not just the like out all the locals. I think it was it, dude, it was pretty recent, like not like you gotta look it up, Google it. Um, and they like took over and just kicked out all the locals and then made this uh military installation that they now use with us. But yes, it is owned by the United Kingdom. But hey, so go apparently ahead. that's where I knew that's the Air where... Force would know about this island. See? <laughs> <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough. Uh, but apparently that's where the queen and her family, that's where her lobsters come from, her seafood. It comes from that island, which is such super strange. But uh, I knew a lot of goofballs who you know went TDY there, a lot of goofball airmen, and you know, something you know, crazy was happening there. Th these airmen would talk about it. You know what I mean? So right. I don't think it's that secret. You know, it's, it's very remote, you know, obviously, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's, I don't think it's as top secret as that guy's grandpa made it out to be whoever the hell that was. Who was that? It's just some, some I, guy quizzing his high grandfather. That was like, grandpa Willie. Yeah. That's grandpa. Yeah, Willie. Some, grandpa Willie. Some random dude. And it was it, the shortest, the shortest video I could find. Cause all the other ones were like 10 minutes and I didn't want to have, Buddy, you know, have a heart attack on the show. He's, so that, he's that guy that it's like, you know. hey, wait for that third drink of bourbon. And, hey, let's go talk to him now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like grandpa's drunk. Um, yeah. yeah. So my take on it, um, I have, I'll be honest, I don't know anything about the new conspiracy theories. Cause for me, like I closed the chapter of this in my conspiracy theory mind and I just put that book on the bookshelf because I was mm -hmm. pretty convinced that the research I did then was that the pilot went above and beyond to ensure that that plane disappeared. Like he, there, there's so many, like he simulated the crash on his simulator at mm -hmm. home. He purposely disabled the, yeah, he disabled the black box. And then kind of the cherry on top is that he kind of went out of his way to see his hometown from the plane. So like they know he flew over his hometown, which was out of the way. And he tipped the plane in such a way where he was able to look at it before he went wherever he was going. The entire mission was to end his life and everyone on that plane. And so that we, they would never find it again. Why? We which don't know. Which is a good story, right? Which yeah. is a good story. I, I, I just thought there was. Either. You know what I'm saying? That's just the. I mean, you could be right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying one way or the other. Or I am saying one way or the other. I'm saying mine is right. You are. You said 100%. You can't get. There's no middle ground there. <laughs> as far as something disappearing, that could easily happen. The ocean is massive. There's still planes and bodies found to this day from past wars. There's still boats mm -hmm. found to this day that people look for forever and they're just found it by accident. So to to say like that Titanic. We, we could easily hide something or you know in, in the middle of the ocean and if you did uh, a lot of effort in hiding it and getting rid of all the tracking stuff, I, I think that's totally plausible that it could be hidden very well. I mean that thing could be on the bottom of the Marianas Trench for all we know. So yeah yeah I in my in my mind there was enough evidence to show that the pilot for whatever reason wanted to make that decision. But again, I have not, you know, revisited it and now you kind of got me intrigued. Now I do want to revisit like the the Chinese hackers who were on there. Um yeah. Th there's a lot more information that's come to light since the last time I looked into it. So if I looked into yeah, it now, a huge, there's a documentary on Netflix that Yeah, I got to check really that out. So if I saw that I might change my mind. It. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Shook and I sold you over take. the ledge. Yeah. What do you got? What's the percentage of it happened? The pilot killed them all for reasons we don't understand. Zero percent. Zero okay. conspiracy. Good take. Good take. Thanks, brother. And Bye. I like conspiracy theories. I really do. <laughs> Seems reasonable. That's a lot of money, Brian. Yeah. Okay. We also got a. Uh, we also got. That uh, is a lot of money. We got David Chambers saying it's called Bill Gates. <laughs> Okay. He said it's called Bill Gates Bill. Okay. I mean, we, we don't question the double bill. All right. We don't. Could be code. Does that mean that there's like a law coming out? The Bill Gates yeah. law? <laughs> the Bill Gates bill. Actually, that's a good point. That might yeah. be it. Is that what we're he saying? Might be, he might be ahead of all of us right now. Yeah. He's we, like, y'all are stupid. Are getting some there's some good conspiracies that all around him, right too. Now. I should uh, look up talk the Bill about Gates him as bill. well. Like, One of these shows. Yeah. Buddy. What's your take? Y'all keep Can talking. I got to get oh, my no. kiddos out of this room, but y'all keep it talking. It sounded like it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Bring them on camera. Yeah. Uh, that's weird. Um, but the um, I would say, um, first of all, are you vaping have right you looked there? at nice vape, you fucking, you fucking geek? Give me some weed, uh, too. It's legal now. Nerd. 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 Like, like you're trying to, the conspiracy should uh, be. You tried to hide that shit, too. Why are you putting, like, do you think that going, and then a plume of a fucking vapor coming around is like somehow, but nobody's gonna even. No, I would have just went like this know. and did it. Fucking, I remember 
I remember when I couldn't smoke. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm quitting. I did quit actually three months ago. I did quit. I haven't smoked in three months. Or vaped because you know I'm not. Do you still dip? Do you still dip? Because you're not a moron. No. You still dip? No. Why would oh, I quit smoking buddy. in order to to start dipping? We got a kid with a headset out. We got a kid with a headset out. With you. You, you, you have a dip Look at that. Guys. We got kids. Hey, kids. Hey, guys. Don't what do you don't do what Dave <laughs> just did. Conspiracy Dave, happened? Dave got bad grades in, he in, think in so middle either. school. That's why he vapes now. Yeah. Don't watch, <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't anyway. watch Dave vape because, uh, yeah. well, he's a bad person. The ba- nice. don't, don't do anything Dave does. He's German. That kid's Italian. got army hair. Yeah, yeah Josh can't that, he's, that kid's well, he's got not army only hair. socialist, but he's also he's he's Jeez. he's fascist. You don't yeah. want you know oh, either Dave. Dave like does like legitimate, like I, legitimate Dave's German fascist. Goodness. What we got going on? What is that? I'm like the nicest guy. guy. I'm like the nicest hey, guy. Hey, what's up, guys? Hi. What are you doing? We're sitting here doing very educational stuff. Yeah. All right. We're trying to yeah. figure out where that plane went. Yeah, buddy, give us your take. My take is that okay, first of all, have you looked Don't at beat him on TV, Garcia? Josh. Have you looked at the island of Diego Garcia? Nope. Yeah, I okay. Googled it. It's the top of a giant volcano, basically. That is that is okay. that is sunk, right? Okay. Okay, that means that there's there's one airstrip. You know what that airstrip is used for, boys? You know what they Drugs. do on Diego Garcia? Josh probably knows. Josh knows. <laughs> Where they I refit did not, yeah. and rearm B-52s. Oh, he did couldn't you? tell you that. Did you? More than, more than that. Well, more than that. Yeah, yeah. That's the there's one, a lot more than that. That's the one that they generally... Okay, but anyway, there's one... It's just one just one landing strip. It's, it's, a, it's a giant non-moving aircraft carrier for the fucking... For the Air Force. You think that fucking Airman Schmetlap these uh malaysian flight fucking whatever come in and a bunch of like chinese hackers and people with like all these people they're not saying something to somebody no unless unless they took the steps to clear it ahead of time and ensure there was no tdys i mean they literally have to get there's like i think there's like four thousand people on that and most of the people there 90 percent of them live there like, yeah, you know why? It, you know why? Let's, let's so, stop. Like, that would be, that'd be so easy to cover up, buddy. Stop. That'd be let's so stop, easy to cover let's up. Stop go ahead. Like, go ahead. Let's stop pretending all these Air Force dudes on this fucking rock are the most vigilant people on the planet. All right, we yeah, all wait. served. All right, he's still serving. Half the guys on guard were jerking off. The other half were uh, like sleeping. All right, like, like don't, they don't, don't have to be that vigilant. Yeah, because army guys don't do that in the guard tower, right? That's what I'm saying. We know what we're doing. Anyway, right, we know what we're doing a, on guard. An underground base on a flat island in the ocean? Where are you yeah. going to dig? It's underwater. You go <laughs> the, the literally sea level is three feet from the, the, the you fucking... Can't, yeah. You can't have underground stuff like underwater? You could. You could. No, seriously. This question. isn't G.I. Joe. And the fucking volcano's not gonna like sink in with a plane flies in. Is that's just not how mm. things happen? It's not. I'm it's, not buying it, buddy. It's retarded. You're to be funny right it, now. I'm not buying this it. This is a zero no. percent no. chance. This happened. Zero okay. percent chance did not happen. Didn't. Yes, you can. Thank you, no. San no. Holo. Didn't happen. I, I think, yeah. I, I, I think he's supposed to be uh, Han Solo, just uh, as a. 
Yeah. Mm. So with the word jumble. Yeah. So I the like test, the San the Holo. I like yeah. what he's doing there. And so this guy might have All right. Something. So 0% from Buddy as well. Zero. Zero. Okay. None. Didn't happen. Okay. Holland is below sea level. You mean okay. the Netherlands? You mean the Netherlands? <laughs> All right. Not Holland. All right. Nobody calls yeah. it Holland. So is, so is, uh, you know what else is below sea level? New Orleans. How did that work out? They, they go to yeah. their underground bunkers when they got uh, Katrina came through, or then just everything floods. Okay. Floods. You got to be able to pump that water somewhere, people. That's how that works. Nolens. Now, and uh, David Gray says, love y'all. Uh, David, uh, I'd love to say I love you back, but you're artillery, so we don't care about you. Anyway, um, I say yeah. 0% chance this happened. No, we we love you too. Uh, let's see who else is commenting here. We got uh, Hook'em Horns. I guess uh, I guess you guys squeaked it out. Uh, Texas must have squeaked it out. We're not watching the games right now. Um, oh, we're not gonna. You're not gonna give your take, Nick, on uh, on whether uh, or not Aquarius. Whether or not Aquarius. We, Just uh, looking up underwater volcanoes. bases and facilities. Oh, I, I I I'm about to give mine. There's because, one in again, Florida. There's uh, one in Florida, it's 60 the, feet uh, under the surface of the ocean. They were it's a research lab. Yeah, because we were inverted. Plenty of underwater bases, buddy. Where? You should look it up. Where? Uh, yeah. It's called, called Atlantis. It's called Atlantis, buddy. Like there's, there's the one that's called Aquarius. It's an undersea research lab in Florida, and it's 60 feet under the surface of the ocean. Yeah, and you know what they do there? Well, hold on. It's you know what? You know how they? You want to know how they? You know you you want to know how they poop there? They swim out into the ocean and go to a dive bell because they literally have to dive there. It's not, it's mm. underwater, but oh, yeah. what you, what all about, are you, I know what, what you're talking it? about. You're thinking about this one location where they're in this like one room hotel the underwater is, and they got to swim somewhere else to pick a shit. In there. You know how big a plane is? And oh, well, they could <sighs> anyway. lose a plane. They lost. A fucking stealth fighter over South Carolina a month and a half ago. That was a that was an alien it. spacecraft. We all know that. Nobody could see it. Right. They lost it. Right. But we can't that lose is true. a plane in the middle so, of the So, buddy, 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 let me take over for you. Let me take over for you. No, no, no. You need to help Buddy out with his logic. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you why this is. Buddy's not on his A game today. I'm gonna tell you why. Trying to sound 60, convincing, but 60-40 accurate. 60-40 accurate. All right. Zero. So not zero. All right. We can literally put a, sh a shot tracer on a golf ball. Right. We can tell you the launch angle, the velocity, like the every every the trajectory, and we can follow this little golf ball, no matter where it goes, for right? at least 400 meters. Right. But it's a little tiny golf ball. And, and you know, the FAA, who's got, and, you know, the Air Force guy knows this, right? So uh, we could call him Josh. We'll just call him the Air Force guy, right? Like, like the Air Force guy knows this, right? They, they, they got, they're tracking all this stuff, right? So we're like, we're a lot less than sudden, you would think. All of a sudden, bleep, right? And it goes down, right? I'm just saying that just like the, 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 the Belarus, uh, Claim that uh, no, who did who did Putin kill? Uh, the, yeah, the, Putin killed the guy that was going to challenge uh, the Belarus president, and his his private jet just got shot down. That's right? wild that they just openly do that. And they're like, yeah, right, shot it right. down, and, and <laughs> yeah, and you know and that's like, and every, of course America forgets about it in seconds, 
right? Because we don't give a shit. We're worried about what Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are doing because that actually is more important. They're, they're really hot right now, right? Um, but so that is there not anything? There's zero percent chance, guys, that this plane just didn't go bye bye somewhere because of who was on it. And like, if we know yeah. that he went over his house, then there's a lot of fucking nerds to include my daughter, who's like an AP like calculus is like a freshman can probably tell you where that plane probably ended up, right? Like, <laughs> if, if he was over his house and then he crashed it, there's literally only like X amount of spots that he could have crashed this at in this amount of time. Now, I'm I'm no nerd. I think that was a double negative, so definitely not a nerd. Like, like, like just... Yeah, I mean, they could, you know, they probably did do that, you know, go off its last known location with how much fuel it'd have at that point and then make a circle around that as you know, how long he'd last with that fuel, you know, so they probably do have that perimeter, but I guess that, you know, the ocean is just so vast and, and so deep. Maybe it can sink in parts that they just can't get to. Right. And then we got uh, Johnny Ray Gardner saying the leader of the Wagner group. Yeah. That's who you were talking about earlier. Putin killed the leader, leader of the Wagner group. Oh, or Wagner yeah, yeah. group or whatever. Yeah. 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 See, like, like you could be that bold if you were Russia. Cause again, that's just Russia. <laughs> they don't have any conspiracy theories. They just they're just upfront about it. <laughs> Let's do it. Brian says Russia, they have enough fuel have to make it make the island. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. They absolutely did. I think the island was like in their flight path anyway. So I don't think it was like going out of the way, from yeah, my so, understanding. And, 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 and I'm not calling there. you San Holo. I'm calling you Han Solo. Han Solo said that we would have found some luggage or something. Right. There it gotta be. There gotta be something floating around the ocean, right? Just like, a bunch of dildos. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll ask the next Navy guy on here. Hey, do uh, what everybody carries on those flights. So 60-40, Nick, huh? 60-40, yes, Six, or is 60 60-40 because there's money involved, all right? Yeah, and then and there's always money involved. And then number two is like, let's not pretend like planes haven't just fucking went bye-bye. And again, Russia can just blow Correct. it out of the sky. Like I said, we just laugh off and go, ha, it's just Russia. Ah, Putin's crazy. You know, it's like, no, that dude just shot a plane on this guy. Like, <laughs> like nobody cares. Like, whatever. But, yeah. Uh, I, take. I like that. Yeah. yeah, so I think we could run right into Buddy's weak-ass honesty cap he's about to give us. Yeah, you better bring your A-game now, Buddy. Because yeah. uh, I already told you, you I don't have be... an honesty cap. The honesty cap is that oh. plane did not fucking land on goddamn Diego Garcia. And they unloaded him with a bunch of, like, Air Force airmen. They were like, hey, welcome to the personnel department and we're going to give you a bagel and a, a hot ham sandwich for our flight on a C-17. Like, did, nope, didn't happen. That's my honesty cap. Nice. Yeah. So you, really, you, you honestly did not, even though you're more clean cut than I've seen you in months. I and yield you got a my nice hat on. To Josh. And you got a nice hat on. I would on. like to yield to Josh from the intelligence committee. Yeah. Josh. <laughs> the floor is yours. Floor is uh, yours. I get I have the distinct uh, pleasure of introducing Josh. Uh, I've been following Josh on LinkedIn for uh, quite some time now, uh, just because you know he's got the marketing down, the hair, all right, the the images, the thumbnails that he puts out are just they're gorgeous. So if you don't follow Josh White on social media, go follow it. Like it's just even as a as a, a probably a ninety seven percent straight man, like like I I am. Like I am drawn to the pictures, right? He's he's a good looking dude. Now he asked he asked uh, he, he asked uh, have we had any Air Force guys on here? And actually, we have. 
Uh, and one of our first guests was a uh, speaking of the stealth plane was a was an F thirty five pilot, right? And not like sixty minutes couldn't do it, Dateline couldn't do it, whatever investigative shows other, but we figured it out. And we got that pilot to actually own up to the fact that he was the guy that's responsible for all the failures of the F-35. And, uh, I mean, he Ooh. did. And we have it on record. He took that. And that was veteran trash talk that brought that out. So we know taxpayers, all right, where, where the money went wrong, and it was that pilot. Now, I have the distinct pleasure to introduce Josh White, who is the voice of the Air Force, all right? He, not officially. Yeah, not officially because we don't want to get yeah, don't, fired. Don't say that. Right? <laughs> he's, he's like, still, he's still an active yeah. But he he is everything that represents the Air Force. Just kidding. Um, but um, no. Hey, tell us why you know you 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 use the stories that you know we do, like the paratroopers and all the cool guys, and then you somehow turn that around into like making you some kind of hero, right? And how that's worked for your reach, and that your reach pretty much grew telling stories about airborne operations because they were on an Air Force platform. But you know, we like we're the ones that are the cool guys. But um, let us know how we did. I'm just really curious on how you put that all together to like get like the biggest reach of the Air Force. Absolutely. Welcome and, to and the dumpster fire, Josh. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and by the way, Cheers, yes, welcome not, on. <laughs> I'm not officially sponsored by the Air Force or DOD. I want to make that clear. None um, of the uh, none, none of the none of the uh, opinions that are going to be shared are the official yeah. opinion of the United right. States. Right. Just, 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 just later. Just later, later. <laughs> but the military has partnerships, right? Like you guys have a nonprofit who's like named after like a Medal of Honor recipient in the Army, right? What what is that called? It's like a a group of y'all that get together, like a private org. That's not ringing a bell at all. No, none of us have Medal of Honors. We won all of our fights. Wait. Well, in, in the Air Force, we have the Air Force Sergeants Association, okay, which is basically okay. a, a nonprofit that the Air Force does not own. But Are you talking about it. Audie Murphy? Yes. Are you talking about Audie Murphy? Oh, Audie Murphy. oh that's Audie not Murphy a nonprofit. That's a that's Yeah, a that's not a – yeah, that's an actual club. But it is a club in the military, like the Audie yeah, yeah, yeah. Murphy Club, yeah. Is that um, owned by the Army? I don't know. Uh, it's like a fraternity. It's well, yeah, because there's an award. You, you have an award. Yeah, yeah. you could wear it yeah. with your uniform. So, yeah. Yeah, you get your name on the chow hall, too, like the garrison sergeant major. Yeah, you get, like, special parking privileges. And then, like, when you when you go to a different military installation, like, your sergeant major is supposed to notify that sergeant major that a Audie Murphy recipient has come into that installation. It's kind of a pretty big deal, I guess. Yeah, I've learned yeah. a lot about it from my neighbors here. It, it sounds pretty amazing. They're trying to stand one up here at Eglin, actually. But... I guess my point was, you know, although I'm not owned by the DOD or the Air Force because it's a private org, it's something I created, they still have supported me, which I've been super blessed to go TDY and be able to interview, you know, all sorts of folks. So, you know, they do support me. Um, but how I started, it was definitely not like that. So why I created Hero Front in the beginning was because, and it's been going on for three years now, is because the first 10 years of my life, I was basically a suicidal alcoholic, right? Just trying to, I didn't know my place in life. I, I just took it day by day. I had no plan. I had no great life skills. Um, and I just became very unhappy. Uh, my first base was in Guam and I had a blast. And that's a very easy assignment. I went to Kadena after that and I was on nights, uh, 12 hour shifts for like a year straight and just got so disconnected 
that and that disconnection and the isolation is just brutal. I didn't have a mentor or a friend, you know, I just felt alone and I would go home and drink and game and stuff like it just wasn't healthy. And by the time I got to Missouri, I was stationed at Whiteman Air Force Base. I was still oh, maintenance. Gross. I know. So I was stationed at Whiteman Air Force Base. Um, and, you know, all those bad habits, that depression led to me getting myocarditis, uh, being hospitalized for a few weeks and almost losing my life. Um, Damn. I thought, you know, at that point, that's my rock bottom, right? Like it can't get any lower than this. I was kind of glad it happened because I was like, this could be, this is like my wake up call. So, you know, you could imagine my disappointment when a few weeks later, I'm already puking in my sleep from drinking too much, you know, waking up with vomit all over me thinking, okay, I guess I am going to die from this. You know, if, if that didn't stop me, I'm so miserable and so far gone that this, I just accepted that I was going to pass away at some point. Um, again, I felt very out of place. I was not a good maintainer, right? Like I, that's just not what my skill set is. So I've always felt like an outsider. Um, but when I was at Whiteman and I was at my lowest point after I was hospitalized, we got a whole new team and, and they kept talking me into, you know, please come out, come out with us, come out with us. And I got to say, like, those people probably saved my life because they wouldn't they wouldn't let it go. They knew something was wrong and they kept inviting me out. And I finally relented and I ended up absolutely having a blast because I you know, went out with them. It was to the movie theater, a new movie theater opened up. And in Warrensburg, which is in the middle of, a, you know, it's a very country type of town. That was a big deal to get this brand new big movie theater. That's the night I laid eyes on my now wife. So talk about fate, right? Like talk about something spiritual happening. But that was when I met my wife. Um, she was working concessions and, you know, I wanted to be with someone like that, but I wasn't, I knew I was like a piece of shit. And I needed to make a lot of changes. So between me meeting those friends and me <laughs> and me Have meeting seen, my hold on, Josh. Sorry. Have you seen that video where the guy is like the, the, the baby, like he tries to hold the baby and the baby starts crying and he's like, yeah, the baby probably doesn't want to doesn't want to uh, be around me because I used to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> That's all I could think of when you said that was, yeah, I used to be a real. That's the way you worded it, man. Just, like, yeah. I mean, it is what it is, right? I'm calling it that. That's right. what it was. That, no, that's, that's what good. it was. Um, and I got to say at that low point, like nobody hated me more than me. You know, I hated myself because, you know, have you ever like drawn a line in the sand and you said, I'm going to stick to this. I'm not going to ever do that again. And you consistently break the own kind of boundaries you set for yourself you know, and you kind of just lose all respect for yourself and you end up hating yourself. It's a, it's a very horrible cycle to, to go down. Um, but at that point in time, you know, I wanted to turn my life around. I met my wife. I, we started dating and I was like, man, if I'm going to keep someone like this, like I can't be, you know, a piece of shit. <laughs> and so, um, I, I really started turning my life around at that point, got the retrain into medical, which was like my second chance in life, because had I not got that retrain or met my wife or any of that, I'm pretty positive you wouldn't be talking to me right now because I was going to get out after six years. I, I was in debt. I had zero school. I was completely lost and I was going home to probably live with my parents, a complete failure. And I probably wouldn't have lasted long with that shame you know, had I had that played out in that way, but, you know, by the grace of God, I got my, this retrain in the second chance, you know, I saw it as a second chance. I really did. 
And from that point on, I became a, a medic and I really started turning my life around. I got married um, and the, the drinking was still a problem. It was still a crutch in my life. And I hated that. I hated that. Like I couldn't be myself. I couldn't feel comfortable unless I had drinks in me. I couldn't do it. Like I get that some people can drink and it's totally healthy for them and it's totally fine. But like that wasn't me. I had a very horrible relationship with alcohol. Uh, and it wasn't until I started military funeral honors when I finally felt purposeful for the first time in my life. Like I started to realize like purpose and happiness is something that you really got to earn by being vulnerable, by being by taking chances on yourself you know, like little baby steps in the right direction. It's not like an overnight kind of thing. But, you know, being there for those families, um, I was there for two years, about a thousand funerals a year um, and seven active duty funerals that we performed, five of which were suicides. So, you know, I, and my role as, as the NCOIC was to hand the flag to, typically it was the mother and the children and the parents and then give the message of condolence, um, which, you know, while I was drinking, that would have been impossible for me to do, if I'm being honest. It would have been impossible. But by the time I got to Honor Guard and and was able to be there for those families, I actually was finally able to stop drinking. And the day that that happened was right before I was selected for Honor Guard, I won a wing award, first award I've ever won. You know, I, I didn't think I was worth a damn. I never put my name in. I always tried to lay low. But as I started making like that little progress in my life, people started giving me opportunities and I started knocking them out one by one. And, and I and I saw how like when I completed this opportunity, I felt great. I got I felt a little bit of confidence and it opened up these other opportunities ab above that one that I didn't even That's know. The state where of mind that you're living in then. Yeah. 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 So I was I was starting to head in the right direction for the first time in my life. Um, and by the time I got to honor guard, I, I, I was really ready to take on something like that. And my supervisor put me in for that award and wrote the package. Typically in the air force, your supervisor tells you to write it. If you want to put yourself in, go for it. It's very rare that like they write it on your behalf and submit it. Although I, I feel like that's how it should be. And for the first time ever, I won at the squadron, the group, the wing, and my wife was there. I had my my baby girl was just born recently so i she was holding the baby and my wife like barely made it to the photo i'm getting the award and everyone's like make a hole make a hole i mean there was like hundreds of people at this thing my wife comes running it's like this beautiful moment right that just felt surreal when you know just going through so much pain and and turmoil and disappointment you know it it felt very fulfilling um and i felt like holy shit like I, I, I can't believe like I feel like happy and proud of myself. Like this is crazy. And we go out to the bar that night. And, if, you know, if you if you're a big drinker, you know, if there's a time to celebrate, like you're fully going to advance, like take advantage of that. Like you're like, hell yeah, I got an excuse to drink. I'm going I'm to go. Yeah. I'm going to go ape shit like my wife's mm -hmm. driving. I can basically drink guilt free. My wife's not going to get mad. So I thought it was going to be one of those nights. And that night. I changed my mind at the last second and I just ordered a water. My wife's like, what are you doing? I thought you were going to get like hammered. And I was like, you know what? Like I, I, like I, for the first time in my life, didn't need to fill some void. <laughs> like I actually felt happy and fulfilled. And it was kind of my aha moment that like 
all, all that whole 10 years prior, I was searching for a rock bottom to turn my life around. Yeah, and you're I making now, me feel like a real shit bag right now. <laughs> no, no, I, I was going to say, hey, cheers. I'm just kidding. Cheers. No, this is good. This is good. No, 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 this is cheers, good, man. Right. A good time. Shout out to our sponsor, yeah. Tenth Mountain Whiskey. Uh, you know, so, hey, if you're looking for a good time, Tenth Mountain Whiskey. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm obviously joking around, but that, that's good, Josh. So the, uh, the aha moment, though, was basically I was looking in the wrong direction, right? I was looking at making my life a living hell until I hit rock bottom, and then I could turn it around. And that was completely not the way it actually turned around. It actually turned around with love and connection and purpose, things that I was just missing that I didn't even know existed. So I was looking at it the total wrong way, and that's why I tell that story because I know there's other people out there who – are feeling that way. And, and, and they just keep going down wondering how far does this go down when in reality, there's little things you can do uh, to get yourself out of that hole. And it's just baby steps every day. And I turned my whole life around in one year. Like when I started going forward for the first time, one year the later, first time you realized you were going forward, right? A year after that, my whole, I was in a whole different life a whole different mindset. And I was performing this, this duty that most people could never, ever do, you know, handing those flags to the family and being for, there for them in a way that no one else can. Um, and from that point forward, I've never drank again. Uh, and it's been like four, four or five years now. Still, I still oh. feel like I don't need it. Was it easy? Hell no. I felt super awkward um, in social situations, you know, uh, it, it was, it was not easy. I'm not going to pretend like it was, there's still moments today that infuriate me. And I'm like, damn, like if I could just drink right now, like that would be the, that would just hit the spot. You know what I mean? And I have to say, and I have to just say, no, I'm not doing that because I know the second I let that back in my life, like it's over. Um, it's just one of those demons that's just always behind me and it's just waiting for me to slip up. But I got to say, I'm, I'm, I've learned more about myself now. Like I, I realized how depressed I was. I didn't realize how sad I was. You know, when, when you're drinking, you kind of go numb. You kind of put yourself on pause, right? Well, yeah, um, that's the point. That's the point of when people who drink to, for that purpose, they, that's what they're doing. Yeah, man. And yeah. it was like, it was like Han Solo, uh, you know, coming out that, coming out that chamber, you know, he's been frozen that whole time. Uh, but I started feeling all these emotions and, and thoughts I never had. And I was like, man, I need help. Like I've needed help and I just didn't see it. I would have at that. when I was at my lowest point, I was so embarrassed to even ask for help. I would have rather died than ask for help, which is terrible. Um, and I feel like our culture has come a long way since then with that, Sorry. which is, which is great. But I started getting help. Um, I, I ended up getting prescribed Zoloft for a little bit and, and really had to like fix some things that I didn't even see while I was drinking. So I, that, that in a nutshell is why I started the podcast. So every episode that I do, I'm trying to reach that senior airman white who is on that flight line, who had no one in their life guiding them. They they're searching for answers, right? They're, they're, they're searching for help. They don't know where to find it. They don't know who to talk to. I'm hoping these episodes, these talks that I'm having can reach those people who no one's even thinking about or talking about because they're on nights and you never see them. So at its core, that's where it comes from. 
the second reason I do it is from my experience in Honor Guard, where I needed to keep this group of airmen motivated, right? These are young kids going to funerals. Some of their friends, you know, ended their life or they lost someone like this. It's a very triggering experience for some Back. to be. So it, it, I needed to find a way to keep them positive and motivated. So I started highlighting them, getting to know them and sharing their story online. And I saw like it was shared. Some of them were shared like hundreds of times. Some of these parents never even seen their kids in uniform because they have they're barely they're they're so you know, isolated that they weren't even sharing anything online. So suddenly they're seeing, you know, their son or daughter in ceremonials. And I saw like how much pride and love that gave that person. And it cost me nothing to do that. Right. It, it just took a little bit of time. Um, and I never could have felt comfortable complimenting people had I not fixed myself first. Like had That's I not worked. Point. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I could never feel comfortable giving someone a compliment or I could have criticized them. I could have. Well, that's easy. That's easy. That, that's easy. I could have shit on them, criticized them, call yeah. them out. But I got to an emotional place where I was able to make people feel special and be OK with that. And not everyone can do that. Uh, like that takes work on yourself first. And once I saw how much it changed their life, uh, I knew I was onto something. And so. After once the pandemic hit, we were encouraged to communicate online more. Uh, our chief master sergeant of the Air Force, Chief Bass, uh, first female to hold that role for any branch. She advocated for us and said, hey, I don't want y'all. I want y'all to get online and communicate. So we created all these groups and then podcasts started popping up. And I was like, you know what? That's what I need, because with Honor Guard, that's going to end. That's it's a temporary position. I need something that I own that's permanent. And for those two reasons and those two stories, that all led to me starting the Hero Front podcast. No, that's awesome. We're going to get into that. Uh, and something I was thinking about. While we got some questions about, in the chat, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm going to get to that because uh, that's it, it triggered some of my emotional stuff from doing, uh, you know, from doing funeral details. And you're spot on. So Brian says. Yeah, those aren't easy at all, man. Yeah, Brian says, how do you how do you process the emotions from what you do? Uh, before you answer that, uh, Josh, um, for those of you watching, I've been a part of some funeral details where I knew the service member, and that's those are actually very like I, I would say easier to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I'm I'm sad because they were my brother, but like I, I'm I'm honoring my brother. Like I, I like I'm gonna do like it, it just for for me. It seemed easier for me to do that. Now, when I got to Hawaii for my uh, platoon starting time in the 25th and then uh, first starting time, like I had I, a squad leader came in and he, he, he just looked like shit. And I said, and I hadn't met him before. I go, what's up, man? And uh, he's like, hey, hey, Sarge. I was like, uh, he's like, I, I, I just want to let you know that uh, my squad's been on field detail for like three months now. And he's like, we really don't come in to do PT, really. We don't, like, you know, we, we do little formations here. It's like, it sucks. And I'm sitting there, like, me and me, you guys know me, buddy. And, and you know me. I'm like, well, fuck, do, do PT. Like, like, like what, what are you talking about? Like, what do we got going on here? And then I went and did one with him. And it was with a family that I had never met, never knew. And I'm I'm watching these life stories of this service member that we're honoring, and like now I'm starting to get emotional, and I'm about to 
what hit me the hardest was that like when I took the knee with the flag, because it was an E7 so, that had died. Yeah. Right. Like I'm sitting there like I'm staring at this lady, like yeah, where it's like I don't know if I can come through. I I know I can come through for my battle buddy. Like I know I can share that emotion and, and that love for my battle buddy. But like I had the biggest ball in my throat. Like when I was no, like, man, it's it's one of like, it's it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. One hundred percent. Yeah. If you want to answer that question, for those of you watching, and understand that is like obviously you know it's it seems simple to us to say it but like of course we're going to honor our battle buddies we're going to we're going to honor them as, as best that we can but to actually have that have that ball in your throat and you know like oh yeah especially if it's like a wife and there's kids sitting there like i did one and it, it was in south carolina and i had to hand it to the wife and a, like a little young child like it's pretty surreal and then you're standing there well you kneel and you hand you know you do your little that that that's tough man so yeah that's answer really that for brian if you don't mind josh how do you process the emotions from that um, so I'd say a few things that that helped. One is a lot of practice. So at least in the Air Force, we keep those airmen for like six months at a time. They rotate through um, and we pick the sharpest airmen on base to do it because they have a lot of response. They have basically no oversight. Like there's like one NCO and they're in vans all over the state. Right. So they, they have to be mm -hmm. sharp airmen. But it, a lot of it's practicing and just getting comfortable. Like if you did trip out up here at least you you would know what to do with your hands right like you've done it so many times so i'd say for one it's just a lot of dedicated practice for two it's the bonding with the team you know uh we were blessed to have a chaplain with a lot of funds we go rock climbing you know we go camping like the, these Force, chaplains it, the program is called true north army they're like go to the next one. Oh, we don't true north yeah, yeah absolutely yeah there's yeah. a true north program uh and you know they brought that 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 teamwork and that fun times that we had uh, you know the bonding experience that we had we trusted each other and we knew we we're there for each other so i'd say that's another part that helped um but for me like i i'm that that was the most uncomfortable hardest thing i've ever done in my life especially when they want you to present it at the end and you're at an active duty service and you hear this person's whole life story while everyone's sobbing like right next to you. And uh, in those moments, I feel like I'm going to black out. I mean, right. it, it's, I have gray hairs from that. I mean, it's hard, but how I got through it truly was for one, I said, you know, if I can do this, if I can get through this, then there's nothing in my life that's going to ever be as hard as this. This is the hardest it's ever going to get. So it, it was knowing that. And two, you know, just knowing that, no one, not many people can actually go through with that. And I just had a lot of pride with, if I can keep my composure, if I can perform this duty for this family and have them ha be proud of this, this person who passed away, like I, I basically felt like I was the only one who could do that in that moment. And I, and, and just wanting to honor that member in that family meant so much to me that I was emotionally going to take the hit, but I damn sure was going to get through it and do it the right way because I, I wanted to be there for them. Buddy, it looks like you wanted to say something. No, no, I was going to comment that. Uh, so, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> taps, taps has got to be, I, I mean, for people that aren't in the military, 
Oh my like, god! They're like, yeah, you know, I'm guessing it's just another song. Taps has got to be. I don't care how many times I've heard it. The worst gut wrenching fucking song I've ever heard in my life. I, and I don't know why it never gets like. It's never like you 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 hear it. And you're like, oh whatever. It's just taps. Like it's always horrible. Yeah, and. It, well, it's, especially for us, it's embedded in us, and then obviously we can relate it to a situation or somebody's funeral. So it just, you know, doubles doubles the emotional side of it. Because before, yeah, if you heard taps, you know, you wouldn't care. Like whatever, you see it in a movie or whatever, and you're like, nah, yeah, it sucks. But once you actually experience it and stuff, then it just makes it worse. Yeah, for sure. Um, hey, what, what do you uh, sure. what do you what do you what, what do you talk to the the guys about on your podcast? I mean, I know you you talked about like you you try to spread some positivity and you you, you highlight the guys that are like isolated on their shift or whatever, or the or the guys that are doing the funeral details and stuff. What do you uh, is that who you talk to, or do you talk to just other uh, Air Force like NCOs and officers? What do you what do you do on your podcast? Hey, before before you answer that, I was going to ask a relative, very similar question, buddy. But I want to just make I say, would it be true veteran trash talk without one of us interrupting the other one and then making a, a little bit of a highlight of or a joke of it? But I noticed that you had Troxel on your show, yes. Right? And so I called nice. Troxel. So I called Troxel and I said, "Man, you really are a fucking sellout, aren't you?" Right? And he was like, "We talking about?" And I was like, "You went on fucking Josh White show, like." what to sell a fucking book and i'm like are you serious right now but no yeah so yeah go ahead and answer <laughs> i i love that guy no um, i'm just saying now he's awesome he's been on our show a couple times already we love yeah Troxel. i i love yeah. i love troxel because so when i first started it was my, the first one interview i did was with my dad my dad uh raised me as a single father you know he was my guiding light through everything you know, my biggest mentor, he was, uh, enlisted, became an officer, um, and then ended up being a civilian for the air force for another 10 years. So a true Patriot, uh, amazing guy. And, um, he was my very first episode. And then after that's a lot of my friends, right? People from honor guard, pe people that I just remembered their story. Cause I've always been that person to kind of dig, right? Like I I've always wanted to know what people's failures were how did what did they learn from it what's their purpose i was always intrigued by that and being in the air force allowed me to have this huge diverse group of people you know to kind of pick their brain essentially and th so that's something that i've always naturally loved to do anyways um and so it was very easy to find a lot of my friends you know as it gained popularity and i think the senior leaders really saw like the how big the reach really is that not even their wing commander's call can can hold the flame to the reach that these podcasts have. I think once they saw that, um, I started getting a lot of offers. I started getting sent TDY. Um, and and so here, I'm just going to read a few of the episodes that I have, like my top 10 episodes, essentially. Um, so number 10 is Free Your Mind, Unlocking the Vetrepreneur Potential. So that's Todd Simmons. He is basically an entrepreneur extraordinaire. He's doing it the right way. A lot of veterans are great at entrepreneurship. He's created a freaking empire, right? So that it was very cool being able to ask him how he did that. Um, number nine is Senior Master Sergeant Tawanda Griffin Greer, who was a first shirt, 
who was part of an active shooter event. Her commander was killed right in front of her. And, and then that member ended his life and everyone ran in a panic, but not many people get to see that up close and survive to talk about it. You know, typically the active shooter is taking out everybody. Um, and I saw a lot of healing with her being able to share a story because she had a lot of shame about that, but it's a unique perspective. Um, I had Brianna Brooks McConnell, who is a medic and had a purple heart in combat action medal. Um, I have Jeff Martin, who is a command chief, who's had a lot of unique missions. Uh, chief Ian Eichen, who I called the Tony Stark of the Air Force. He's an absolute genius uh, and just sees all these problems and knows really creative ways how to get around them. I had uh, Major Kate Hewlett, who's one of the very rare female officer pilots that have um, a crippling disease. Um, so she has a lot of medical conditions that you know, she's battling and she talked a lot about that. Uh, and she also is a very big advocate for female flyers. Um, and then I've talked to people like general David Goldfein, who is the chief of staff of the air force. And I've talked to Luge Lieutenant general Slife, who is a three-star uh, that's about to be the vice chief of staff of the air force. And I talked to people like Sam Eckholm, who is like a lot like me, who is a, a content creator. So as you, I mean, just in that top 10, you know, there was a lot of different variety and topics in there, but everyone's got something to provide. Everyone's got something to bring to the table. Like, I don't care who it sure. is. I, I pick, I've talked to random airmen that have had the most mind blowing story I've ever heard. And no one ever knew it. No one even took the time to ask, but now we're able to have this conversation and capture. It. And I've always thought that was like incredible. So I don't just go for like the big names. Um, I try to find a really good variety, but one thing I definitely learned is that literally everyone has something to bring to the table to talk about. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, like what, what we always try to say is that when we started better in trash talk is like, I, how, should we worry about the guests? Like uh, are the guests going to be good enough. Are they strong enough? Are they powerful enough? And then you get somebody uh, like my favorite, one of my favorite guests from us to this day is uh, Be Free Be You, that kid. Like, I don't know if you guys Hell know yeah. him. Like, yeah. It, Hell you yeah. Know, like, that, it just was a phenomenal guest. And it was. His dad was the shit, too. Like, his dad yeah, was awesome. His dad yeah. was E7, and his kid, you know, had yeah. started a company and really had nothing to do. Like, no war stories, no, you know, nothing like heroic, like, whatever. And all this is just like we all felt just great, you know, after after talking to a kid like that. Um, but I want to get back to the veteran trash talk angle of this. And how long have you been at Eglin? I've been here three years. Oh, damn it. I was going to say because I got because I, I, I got my bisectomy at, at Eglin. Oh, hell yeah. Right? And Buddy probably didn't know about this angle coming here. Uh, 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 but... No, I don't want to I don't want to cut you off. But, yeah, uh, right. I like that. But, but I, I, had, joke, I, had, no I, had, I had two Air Force medics shave my balls, so I was kind of hoping you were one of them. But uh, I, just, I, I like, wish I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, could like, you imagine the hard part that your left uh, nut would have had if that dude would have shaved your balls? I would have gave you a solid <laughs> your, hard part, bro. Your, balls, your ball would have been like all fucking sleeped over. Yeah. Like, what up, dude? You gonna cut me, bro? Yeah. Cut me, dude. <laughs> Absolutely, you would have got that solid hard part, bro. And, and, right down and, the middle. And again, I feel bad for anybody who got a bisectomy in the army because I got mine in the Air Force. 
and you know they gave me drugs before yep right so i was nice and high i had like my shades on i felt like uh, tom cruise and risky business you know like i was i was ready right and then we go in there and they turn on to the guy goes hey would you like any music during this and i was like uh yeah gangster rap and so they, they I listen to so they, <laughs> iPod. Or iPod. So they, they, yes. they they literally play gangster rap right and i'm like this is fucking awesome i'm high as shit right and they so they, like they start they give you a perk and a volume they start prepping surgery <laughs> right you know which you know I they a volume yeah Va- volume they yeah. give you a, a volume. volume one they and, give and you a, a volume they and, turn and that gangster yeah. rap way up yeah yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> i got these two i got I got these two Air Force medics. If we find them, we'll get them on your show, Josh. I got these two Air Force medics. And then I'm like, I'm sitting here, I go, and then, like I said, they're prepping, right? They're doing their job. And I'm sitting here, I go, hey, I go, what the hell did you guys do wrong? And they're like, what? And I was like, well, I mean, you're like, what's your MOS? They're like, well, we're medics. And I go, well, like, did you like, get, like you had to have gotten in trouble because like you're shaving my balls right now. <laughs> Like, it's like this, <laughs> this, this, has to, this has to be a punishment. And they're like, well, not really. Like, uh, it's, it was either here or the proctology clinic. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I was yeah. really hoping that I was really hoping that would turn into Josh. I've seen you before, but I, yeah, yeah. Man, well, that yeah, would have been a great story. Well, at least in the I did mind at bragging it, and I went back to get checked. No and, shit, uh, it didn't work. I at was Brad, still yeah. life It didn't work. <laughs> Part of that like small percentage of the people that heal back up or whatever, and I was like, I don't want to because we had that one guy at battalion that couldn't walk anymore after he had it done at Bragg. I forgot his name, but he was like walking slouch. They like messed his whole shit up. Oh, that was and all tangled. He, he, like, he had the entangled. Oh, oh, that just bro. sounds horrible. No, he was in our platoon. And Amy at the time was like, "Go do it again." I'm like, "Nah, <laughs> nah, bro. Yeah. I'm not doing this ever again." <laughs> and I didn't do it. It's like the uh, that's like the electric chair for your Siemens. Like if, if they if they make it through, you gotta let me go. I did I did life. I've already yeah. Killed that's me. what he I told me, man. He's like, hey, dude, you're still live firing. Oh, that's still live fire there. You're 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 not good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thanks. Yeah, and then uh, hey, uh, Josh, uh, Kristen Christy texted me and said to say hello. So I know you've met her, another phenomenal person in the fight against uh, veteran suicide and spe- specifically airman suicide. But tell me, like, like kind of like what Buddy was asking. Tell us about like, are there any are there any things that you got through on your show where like we always say on veteran trash talk how great we feel afterwards because we we always do this is our own therapy. But and you're you're spot on with the fact that with social media now we're we're able to reach thousands of people if not millions of people like like that so what who uh, give us a story about one of your shows that was like something that just made you just like almost like like relax like come out of like this is awesome this is great we learned a lot so i'd say one of those would definitely be pioneering progress exploring the manpower and reserve affairs portfolio with the honorable alex wagner so that was kind of the first time like Someone took a picture of the, the Pentagon's calendar and sent it to me because it said Hero Front Podcast, and it was like on the Pentagon's calendar, you know, for the Air Force side. Um, but they they set me up with the the Honorable Alex Wagner, um, and that was a very, like, lighthearted discussion about, like, 
you know, him joining the Air Force team, how he had to do like a PT test. Um, he's also gay and in this leadership role. And it was just a very unique perspective that he had with that as well. Um, but I, I've never spoke to anyone like a person like this, right? Like someone who is a civilian in a high up government position. Um, it, it was very enlightening. Uh, he's, he's a funny and very humble guy. Um, and I left that conversation like, holy shit. Like not only did I, I, did I feel great, but like I talked to someone who, if I wasn't a podcaster, I never would have even known existed. Um, so that was definitely one of those kind of episodes for me. Nice, nice. Oh, All I right, got uh, one more. I got yeah, one more person. Do it, do it. My best friend, uh, Ronnie DeShanes. Uh, he's an absolute goofball and I love the kid. So we were at basic training together, tech school for six months together, and we were at Guam together. And he was my, my roommate. And that first base was not, we were in a screamo band. Like we were drunk all the time. We had a band. It was called faded memories. Um, we were constantly getting in trouble. Whoa, almost getting. Whoa, whoa. We're what's just, up? We're not just going to cross over screamo. What is the fuck <laughs> screamo band? You have, you don't know what that is. Josh, I don't know how you guys do it in the air force, but in the army, if we know what something is, we don't ask what the fuck it is. We can go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, keep on with our lives. That's why I asked you what, what the fuck it was. Because we, we can't go forward right now, Josh. Screamo, <laughs> screamo at this point is like something super cringy. Um, but but back then it was it's it's basically screaming rock music with like a high voice singer, um, like story of the year is kind of an example. You know, you've heard a story of the year. Um, so it's it's probably not oh. anything y'all have listened to if I'm be, if I'm being honest. <laughs> wow. How do you know? But, he said, he said How do you know who we listen to, Josh? I got, I got a screamo I got a screamo freaking poster right over there. I'll show it to you, I but I don't really have one. You. I was almost like, uh, yeah, yeah. story <laughs> of the year, shit, yeah, dude, fucking <laughs> Chef Cool's fuck, dude. I want fleek. Everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nah. But hey. but my but my point is I got to we almost got kicked out a million times. We got absolutely shit on by our shop. We had to clean this cockroach and in, cockroach infested bathroom every day for two years. Just just treated like dog. And this is when hazing was still cool. This is like 2005. So we were getting hazed like it was. I got tied up to like the freaking what, wash rack. I got I got tied up to the wash rack, covered in food and water. Like we it just it was just got out of control. But we had so many crazy shenanigans in that first base because we we were able to drink legally. The drinking age was eighteen at that time in Guam, and we had so many close calls. Almost got kicked out so many times, and I had to get have an episode with my boy Ronnie. We're both master sergeants now, so we defied the odds. Um, and we got to basically reminisce on every one of those stories and how freaking insane we were. So that was probably my other like favorite episode where I left just like feeling great and laughing my ass off. Nice. Hey, yeah. Before we turn it over to uh, Buddy for the AAR, because normally I'm, I do the AAR, but he does honesty cap, but he just didn't feel like working today. Um, so we'll, we'll, <laughs> if he wants to do the AAR. Um, <laughs> before we get to Buddy to the AAR. He's, he's looking up uh, whatever music. I'm looking up. Was. I'm looking up screamo music, guys. Yeah. How? How? Just go slow. How do people get to your podcast? How do they subscribe? Uh, where do they follow you? Because, like I said, I've been following you for about a year now. So, 
uh, probably listed about four of those top 10 you, you, you said. So like, tell me about how to get to all that. So I just keep it real simple. Um, I just say go to herofrontpodcast.com. I mean, that's really it. Uh, and then from there, I have all my links laid out if you wanted to like follow me or, or find me on some sort of social media. But herofrontpodcast.com, that's my home base. That's got everything uh, Herofront related. Nice. Well, and again, like um, the story you sh shared today will get listened to by a lot, you know, obviously with uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, people download this and listen to it. Uh, they're going to hear it. So there's somebody that's probably been in your shoes and it's definitely going to help somebody. So really appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. And then, um, you know, talking about how that, you know, they always say this in a lot of leadership books and uh, mindset books is where when you're doing something, usually something spurs it, something, you know, some type of tragedy, you know, that's what, you know, Disney makes millions of dollars off of is, you know, some type of tragedy turned into, you know, action. So uh, appreciate you sharing that. Buddy, if you don't mind, the AAR, if it's okay, even though your hat is super cool. He's just taking I've notes. Got, yeah. uh, I've got it written down. Okay, let's start off. Has notes. Malaysian flight. Bullshit. Just crashed. <laughs> you we all know triggered it's bullshit. That one today. The Air Force guy said it just crashed. Bullshit. <laughs> it just Facts. crashed. All right? Fact. Bullshit. Dave. Is an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That thing just went down. Nobody knows. All right. Um, Josh from the from the Hero Front podcast he used to be a piece of shit. Huge piece of shit, guys. Hell he, yeah. Uh, he was a he was drinking it in a screamo band, but then he got an award and a fucking baller ass haircut. Opened up a podcast. Then he started fucking interviewing people. Now he's the shit. Hell yeah! Doing I love good. that. I'm doing gonna start good, telling my story good. like that. That's what you should do. Just you know clip, just clip the video. Do. That's your intro. Yeah, Josh, that's my I intro. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to suggest anything. But I could be your hype man. All right. right? Oh, I. Well, shit, I love that, buddy. Welcoming, I, welcoming Josh White. Used to be a huge piece of shit. That was awesome. Fuck. <laughs> it's cool shit. Used to be a guy you wouldn't want your fucking daughter around. <laughs> Now, you definitely want to introduce him. Well, you would, except for he's married already. So suck it, nerds. You lost out. Now he started from the bottom. Now he's here with his hard part. You got a lot of sound bites to provide me. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that's yours. That's all yours. Feel free to reuse. All right. Reuse. Yeah. Absolutely. You just went to about for 20 real. million followers. Like, yeah, just but, put that intro. But for real, go to. Buddy uh, only uh, had a professional page, huh? <laughs> Go to the go to the Hero Front podcast. Oh, we're gonna talk about some other stuff here in a second. Uh, go to the Hero Front podcast. Listen to uh, Josh, especially if you're uh, if you're an airman, or even if you're not an airman. If you're an army guy, you're a marine, whatever. Like we 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 give each other shit because we aren't in the same the same force. We don't have the same job. But at the end of the day, you know, a guy that's maintaining an aircraft on a, on an airfield has a lot of the same problems as a guy that's chilling in an LPOP in the army and is by himself just kind of hanging out. You know what I mean? So uh, listen to his podcast. Um, he may be able to give you, uh, I could probably help you out also later with the uh, bass base um, issue. I'm not, not even going there. You can touch it. I wouldn't don't, touch it. Don't. You. You'll be in stop. trouble. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> uh, none of them know what's up. 
I'm 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 key to it though. Um, oh, but anyway, dragging. thanks for being on the show. Uh, appreciate it, uh, and uh, we'll definitely look into your uh, to your podcast. Um, again, we're uh, we're sponsored by Tenth Mountain Whiskey. They're delicious. You should go and try them. Um, and uh, for pay or and, and for patriots. By the way, I would like to suggest that that for patriots sends us some of their food, and we start doing little like taste testers dude like you uh, should. the keith lee guy except for not in atlanta because he didn't get any food there but we do uh we do some we do some taste tests and we get some chili mac they better have chili mac we'll talk about how the new pretty day. damn good selection on there yeah you know what i mean like send us the stuff yeah. you know what i mean i didn't get i didn't get in this kind of shape without trying some foods guys so <laughs> Send them out. I'll let you know what we That's think. That's why you go to the gym every day now. Yeah. Boom. I got you. 24 got you. hours a day. It's a lifestyle. Stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. You know what I'm saying? 24 yeah. hour access. Anyway, <laughs> Nick, back to you. No, awesome. Yeah. And we'll get into the cheesy for Patriots at the end of this. But again, if you like outdoor survival stuff, uh, again, why not use the discount? So go there, put BTTGW. Uh, they're. You know, they're, they're an awesome company that's partnered with us to help us get our message out to more people uh, and help share Josh's story, help share other people's stories. Uh, their money goes to that. So go ahead. If you have a little bit extra change, you want to have some outdoor survival stuff. They're your people. All right. So go there and do it. All right. Dave, close this real, out. Real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Can I just say something about y'all? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. So, I want to tell y'all thank you so much for having me on. I've I've never got to be a guest, and I and so many people kept asking me why I do what I do. So to come on a podcast uh, like y'all's and be able to spend time with y'all, I just want to tell you I'm super grateful and thankful for that. Um, I've been in 19 years. I'm planning on hitting the button at 20, and you know I worry about what that looks like. I'm not gonna lie; like it scares the shit out of me because for the first time in my life, I don't know where I'm going, where I'm gonna live. I don't know any of that. And I've known I've known all that info for the past 19 years, right? So, but when I see you guys, I see how close you are, um, that you still, you know, support each other, and you've created this community on the on the backside of your uh, of your your military service time. Like, it, it just gives me more faith in my own my own future because I know I'll be in a group of, of guys and gals just like you. And I just I'm just super thankful that I now have y'all in my life. I oh, appreciate that, Josh. Stick around after our cheesy ad. We'll we'll still be on. So we'll let's, let's do chat it. about it. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Awesome. Awesome having you on again. Love your stories and everything. I think Nick and Buddy already, you know, spoke and and kind of hit on the, the stuff that you're doing. I think it's great. I know you're definitely making a difference. And like Buddy said as well, it's not not just in the Air Force, um, Army, Navy, you know, or anybody that's going through a rough time or a rough patch in their life, you know. Uh there's always there's always a way up. You know, um, and I think you definitely showed us that you can struggle and then find that strength to do better what you're doing right now. So awesome stuff. Go to VeteranTrashTalk.com. It has the links to everything, including our store, shop.VeteranTrashTalk.com. Keep calm, lace, press the fire. Buddy's wearing the hat. I'm wearing the one of our 76 shirts. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next week. All right, now a word from our sponsor, which is our sponsor, which is me in the same voice. It's hilarious. Let's go. (laughs) Thanks for watching and listening. And now a word from our sponsor for Patriots. 
In a startling description, the UN food chief warned the world with the words, knocking on famine's door. He called what we're facing a perfect storm of a perfect storm. And he's not alone. Barron's published that a food shortage could be coming, even in the U.S. Farmers see it, too. John Boyd Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that we're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months. That's why getting survival food is more important than ever now. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years, super survival food. Hand-packed in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, for the next few days, listeners of the Veteran Trash Talk podcast will get 10% off their first order at 4Patriots.com by using the code VTTGW. Go to 4Patriots.com and use the code VTTGW to start your stockpile today.